0: shop shop listeners today we have on a special guest uh simon from the amazing uh uk anarchist black metal band don raid who has just recently participated in a compilation put out by bind records called overgrow to overthrow an album that is uh donating uh, the proceeds to black lives matter and life after hate to have you on, Simon, phoning uh, mm-hmm. yeah. in all the way from,
1: from Manchester. Liverpool, close. Liverpool, England, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really, really great to be here. Thank you for, thank you for inviting me on the show. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, so, just to like, to start with like, the obvious one, um, what... Where did like how did Don Raid first get started? Like where did y'all like sort of get like get this idea of we're going to do an anarchist black metal
2: group?
1: Uh, and just sort of
0: like where does that all come from?
1: Uh we all used to play um in uh another band called We Came Out Like Tigers, which is like a DIY uh, sort of like it's like the harsher end of like Screamo. Um, so we used to, And Matt also played in a couple of the metal bands like DIY bands. So we'd all been like touring in DIY bands for a long time and kind of got to know each other just through being a part of that scene in the UK. Um, one of the members of We Came Out The Tigers had to stop doing music for some personal reasons. So we decided we didn't want to go on without him and we would just finish the band there. Um, but we'd always we'd always said like the next band we would do would just be like a straight up black metal band. The band we were in before had lots of different influences and drew on lots of different ideas, but we we really wanted to do something that was just like straight down the middle, like black metal. Um, so yeah, the day literally literally the day we decided to end it, I rang Matt and Fabian and it was like, shall we just do this black metal band? Um, so yeah, it was. Yeah, I I guess we were all just like listening to the same sort of music at the time and like really enjoying touring and, and playing in bands, so it just seemed like the obvious natural thing to do. And I I guess also like to add to that as well, like black metal obviously has like a pretty horrendous reputation sometimes, and especially in like the the DIY and squat scene in like Germany, where they're very keen to not let Nazis infiltrate their scenes. Um so we realized if we were gonna to keep touring in those sort of DIY and squat scenes that we were already a part of, we were gonna to have to make it very clear what our politics were. So we didn't set out to start like the world's this like super vocal vocal like band necessarily, but we were just. It was just a fact we were in a black metal band and we were anarchists, and we just wanted to make sure that people knew if we were playing their venue, we weren't fucking Nazi dickheads. We were, we were like anarchists and decent people um but then that has then i guess like developed quite a lot and it's ended up being a very political band i guess uh
0: what would you say are like places that you uh you all get like particular inspiration for your music because like there's references to things like enclosure um taking back the land mm. and like all, all of that good stuff in your work um wh- where does that all come from for you all
1: um i guess like a lot of places. Uh, I, I, I write all the lyrics um, and I like. I really like singing about political things. I don't feel like the world needs to hear about what's going on in my life like at the moment. like Personally, I just don't feel like that's something the world needs to hear. But I also feel that like more people do need to talk about some of the things that happen in the world. And I feel a like responsibility to, to try and talk about those on the small platform we have. Um, and I guess just all the songs are just are often based, like, around books we've been reading and conversations we're having at, at, at the time of, of writing. Um, but we also have to try and, like, stick to the quite strict aesthetic of black metal as well, because, like, I, I, I love black metal. I want this to be, like, a real black metal band, not just like a weird, like, Trojan Horse sort of thing for anarchism. Um, so... Yeah, I guess it has to have like a black metal filter. So we have to. I, I feel like I have to try and find some of the topics that I think fit with the overall aesthetic and themes of black metal, or like try and find ways to talk about those things um, in a way that is in keeping with the sort of more like musical side of this band. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot, like each each record is, is probably like a document of where our politics are at at that, that, that given time. Um, a lot, you know, the things that we're reading at that time, um, I was reading, there's loads of references to Kronstadt on our most recent album, because I was just reading loads about Kronstadt at the time, and there's loads of like really poetic moments in that history and stuff, so I guess, yeah, it's usually just like quite an up-date, up-to-date record of where we are politically and some of the theory we've, we've been reading and the conversations we've been having, I guess.
0: Awesome. Um like speaking of that like black metal sound like especially as you've mentioned like black metal has a a very bad reputation in a lot of places because of you know people like you know varg and all the other like usual suspects um what are ways that you think in spite of this sort of reputation that like black metal really gels with your politics and where don raid uh, where like you and your bandmates are coming from um, like especially like keeping in mind it's like kind of awful reputation of being you know just like a bunch pissed off Norwegian Nazis or something yeah. um.
1: <laughs> like I mean I I would be lying if I said I thought there was like a part of the second wave of black metal that everyone now considers to be like the, the start proper of black metal um, I would be lying if I said there's an element of that that I thought was like anarchic or anti-authoritarian because it honestly fairly clearly wasn't there was like um, a lot of authoritarian and far right imagery and sort of and flirting with that aesthetic and even the, like properly getting involved in those politics um, in no way at the time, um, but like since the nineties that that has that has changed and like every every genre is constantly developing all the time I think uh, and my introduction to black metal was bands like uh, Panopticon Wars in the Throne Room like Skargos Iskra. Like all, like all the sort of lefty and anarchist bands, um, which I just got in, I was listening to like a lot of like Screamo and then Crust and then got into all the sort of lefty black metal. Um, so my introduction to black metal initially was was through like anarchist bands um, and you then start to like explore beyond that and into like the history of a, history of a scene, of a genre um, and you realise it has all these problems and then you realise that all the problems it has, like... Um, line up or mirror um, the problems in lots of other scenes. So like punk and oi has had problems with the far right um, in the past. Like folk music has had massive problems with the far right in the past. Like electronic music, especially techno, has had like a, a big like problem with Nazis. Um, I mean, we just tried to look at how Nazis try intentionally, as part of their culture war, try and um, infiltrate cultural scenes. Um, and use them to recruit people that they think are vulnerable to their ideas. Um, and you then realise that actually this is like a battleground that's worth being a part of and this is a fight that's worth fighting because, um, yeah, I, I think these ideas culturally are like are spread very easily through culture. Um, and if Punk and Oi can deal with their problems, then Black Metal can deal with this problem as well and, and has to deal with this problem as well because also this is a... a a scene at the moment that is very, very popular black metal and extreme metal in general is very popular at the moment. So I think this is like a really important fight. Um, and like, as a straight white cis man, uh, I do feel like a level of responsibility to, to like use the privilege and influence I have to actually talk about this. And it'd be very easy to be in this band and say nothing and just be a normal black metal band and never get any shit on the internet. Um, yeah, I guess that's not the morally the right thing to do. So yeah, I hope that kind of answers that question.
0: Yeah, and and speaking of like particularly like the scenes that you play in, like talking like the DIY and the uh, squat scene. Um, what would you say was like the first like reaction people really had when you all first got started? Because you know the like if you're particularly pu- talking like a lot of punks and stuff like yeah. this it, it is a bit out of uh left field a little yeah.
1: bit. Um Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it is but also um although black black metal is with there's like a couple of squats we played in like uh, I think I'm pretty sure this is right. I'm happy to be corrected, but I was told this when we were there. We played in Blitz in Oslo, which is this, like, super fucking famous, like, massive, really old squad. Um, and I'm pretty sure we were the first black metal band to ever play there. Um, so, And that's happened to us a couple of times. So, like, although, like, black metal is kind of new to D- these DIY and um, anarchist scenes, but, like, metal and extreme music isn't new to those scenes. Like, bands like Napalm Death and Bolt Thrower, like, have been playing in those... Shows in those places for a long time, and death metal's always had like like it, it, there's always been a huge part of that scene um so I don't think what we're doing is at like is actually that out there um when you when you look at histories of like some kind of similar scenes um so on yeah we were received really positively and like obviously this is a this is a scene that since like you know like two thousand five and wars of the Throne got going has just been like getting more and more and more popular and more and more sort of widely accepted beyond these, beyond tiny underground black metal scenes. Um, so if I'm listening to it a lot more, then probably a lot of other punks and radicals are as well. Um, so yeah, we were received like really positively. Like it's, this. I feel like this band has just gone really well since day one, I think really. Um, yeah, so I, I've been like, I'm really, really ha- like, really glad to still be a part of that scene as well because that is the scene I grew up in musically, um, and I'm glad to still be a part of it.
0: What is it about particularly black metal that you think appeals so strongly to so many people from, from what you're seeing? And I mean, what you think about that?
1: Uh, oh, that's a good like, question. Now. That's a good question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before. Uh, I don't know. I guess like I don't know about other people, but for me, like it's. Like, I really like the escapism. I like that, like, um, I like heavy music because it doesn't sound like other things that are happening in my life. You know, like we all have to like, most of us, if we, if you work or just engage in the world, in the, in the world around you in general, have to have like an air of like civility or like being sort of fairly normal in some degree of your life, um, which can be, I guess, kind of frustrating sometimes. And for me, extreme music is like a way to like blow off steam in a response to that. Um, and I I I love dra- driving around at work, playing heavy music really fucking loud in the van in my van. Like that's like one of my favorite things to do in my life. Um, and black metal especially. Like I love how like actually underneath or like if you can get past the sort of extreme nature of it, it's incredibly melodic inc- often incredibly triumphant. Like very emotional. Um, I like all the sort of nature themes, and, like all that sort of the escapism side of it. Um, and I I I think like if you're into extreme music, you start at a point and then just for me, I just wanted to listen to things that are heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier, and, heavier, and like find more and more things that shock me or like surprise me. Um, yeah, and I guess black metal is a fairly extreme form of music, which is, like has its own sort of like is quite satisfying, I guess. Um, but I guess it it's also kind of quite a diverse genre. Um, and I guess other people get other things out of it. There is like a huge authoritarian side of it, which obviously the wrong types of people are uh, like uh, are drawn to, uh, which has not, carries no interest for me. But um, yeah, I just like I like how visceral and melodic and triumphant it is. And I guess yeah, there's probably a lot of other people who appreciate that for similar reasons. I guess. Cool.
0: So moving to overgrow to overthrow um it's a like when you look at like all of who is was like involved in this project it's just such an incredible like gathering of like talent and Mm -hmm. group um like how did that all get started
1: uh honestly we had very little to do with it we i just got a message from austin from panopticon asking us if we would send a track over um. Uh, and like I would have done it anyway, but yeah, like he also sent us like the list of people that are on it and stuff. And, you know, bands like that and like Doom, and like yeah, you know, all these like like legendary, really impressive bands. Um, so obviously it's a cool, cool cause to be a part of, and I'm always up for using our songs to raise money for good things. But also, I was just really proud to be on that list of bands. You know, like next to bands that I really admire. Um, so it's a bit of a no-brainer. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, um, as far as I can tell, is Austin and Bindrune just put it together. Um, I also did some vocals on the Panopticon track as well. He like did like a re-recording on one of his older songs, and I like did some vocals for that as well. But um, yeah, it's kind of like not really that much to do with us. I feel like we get too much credit in it. <laughs> we just sent a track over, and we're kind of happy to, happy to be a part of it
0: what would you say just sort of jumping off of that like is sort of like the way people have been receiving black lives matter overseas like particularly in the uk because like we i mean we're like having fun with like peeking our heads out the window and going oh yeah there's a helicopter out today it must be a big one um yeah (laughs) for like every day for the last month but i i What what's been going on with that? From what you've seen, and
1: Um, do you think you're? Yeah. Oh, right. Sorry. Um, I guess uh, we all exist in a bit of a bubble. So, like, I just know a lot of anarchists that and general radicals that are like very angry about the way the state is behaving. Maybe not too surprised by the way the state is behaving, Um, and also like impressed by a lot of the responses. To the brutality of the state, um, yeah, something like just from the things I've seen, like I like I'm just relying on things I'm seeing on social media, but um, yeah, the autonomous zones, like and the constant attempts to set up autonomous zones, seems like a really, a really like promising new tactic that like, like although it has been done in the past, that does seem like that does feel like a bit of a new tactic maybe in in protest movements, um, and something that could have like could be like really really cool like have a really cool future i guess it might be really interesting to see how that develops um so i've been quite impressed by that um i guess like everyone i speak to has heard of it everyone i speak to at work uh everyone i speak to around me like knows that this is going on i guess most people in the world must know this is going on now um there's been some uh a couple of demonstrations in liverpool in support of it um and also where where I live, I live in uh I live in Toxteth in Liverpool, which is like historically uh it's been like a very uh uh diverse neighborhood. Um and also a neighbourhood that has a history of um uh rioting against the police. Like in the seventies and eighties the police used to terrorise this neighbourhood and terrorize um black people in this neighbourhood, and there was like a couple of really, really big like riots that happened here. Uh, where the police were chased out of this neighborhood, like huge barricades were built. Like almost the whole area was like was like just ransacked by fires. Um, and as people that live on my, we were chatting to people who live on our street about this in the last month or so, who like remember seeing it as kids and you know were a part of that, um, and obviously see the connection between that and what's happening in the U.S. Um, so as far as I as far as I can tell, like in the people I meet. Um, I don't know if everyone, how everyone feels about all the tactics, but I think most people over here understand that, like, what the police are doing is not okay, um, and that this probably is a movement that needs to happen. Um, Then I guess I probably live in some sort of bubble, I guess, and I'm not speaking to people who are super right wing or whatever. I'm probably speaking to a lot of liberals who maybe still don't understand the use of violence or property destruction, but. Yeah, most most people I speak to definitely understand that there is like a reason for this to be happening and that like and that the police have behaved in a way that is absolutely not acceptable.
0: And uh, and how has things like uh the like that slavers statue in Bristol that got chucked in the harbor um and then someone on <laughs> Google Maps very dutifully updated the location
1: to under the sea. <laughs> uh, <hours> of <laughs> 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 Yeah, that was sick. <laughs> that was fucking cool. Yeah, that, again, again, like that's like that's an awesome development of of, of tactics. I think, like, o- obviously, like uh, from my understanding, that's I guess has happened in the US before, and like you know, people have been campaigning to like campaigning through peaceful and like legitimate channels to get statues taken down for a long time. And then I guess people have just realized that like we can just do this in an hour. We can just have this problem sorted. And that's no more petitions and yeah, there's no more asking politicians or like like to do this for us. We can easily just do this ourselves. And I know that like in Bristol there'd been like a long campaign to get that that statue taken down. There'd been like petitions and there'd been like 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 public debates with like the local authorities and stuff and it obviously never got anywhere. Um so I think, I, I think that's really cool for I, I do think a lot of a lot of people over here saw that like people had tried to go down the, the proper quote unquote channels um, to deal with these things and it just hadn't worked and the state had just wasted their time to fob them off uh, and then actually that was a problem that was really easily solved just by the community um, uh, so like I, I think that's been received like very positively by a lot of people Obviously, a lot of people haven't liked it and have referred to that as violence, which is preposterous. Uh, And that, that, yeah, some people, obviously, you always get naysayers. Um, But I do think for a lot of people, especially like, especially a lot of liberals, maybe realise that actually some of these tactics that seem very radical are very effective and also like just and and righteous. Um, So, yeah, I think a lot, there's been some really important lessons from, from the action in Bristol. I think I was like absolutely amazing. Ooh.
2: Yeah. Oh. I,
1: huh? um, Sorry, go ahead.
2: Yeah, as I recall, um, like there was basically this old society that was blocking, um, anything to do with removing the statue. Right. Yeah. Um, and it, it was just completely ridiculous. Like, I don't know, I guess like <laughs> a combination of a secret society and daughters of the Confederacy. Those are the assholes who keep putting up statues yeah. on the side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and then we burned their HQ. <laughs> 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 okay
1: now.
0: <laughs> it's gotta be like the first time that the losers of the war got to put up the statues yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah I think like I think yeah, those I, things are like amazing actions <laughs> Um. Uh,
2: yeah I've been I've been mostly la- letting the doc take the lead on this <laughs> um, It. I don't know what to <laughs> i don't even know what to ask you know um, um it, just, it just struck me you know Uh <laughs> um, actually that brings
0: because it nine one like another like you know because we have to live in 2020 right now yeah where everything has decided to happen all at the same time yeah. um, um so like recently there's been stuff in the news like the whole like 10 quid off if you go to a pub thing or yeah, yeah. like all, all like the other latest shit with covid like what what what's that been like both just sort of just like living day-to-day in um particularly in england where like the government has been behaving in ways that feel like they just want to kill the poor um and yeah like, what's that done to, like, well, to, like, musicians and to artists who previously were making a living off of, like, touring and gigs? And.
1: Um, I guess, yes, there's a few things, like, to say to answer this. I guess, like, f- as far as I can tell, this, the whole, like, um, the money off, like, to go to restaurants and pubs, um, and then there was also a scandal around one of the political advisors, Dominic Cummings um there's also a reporting on uh what was it there's been a few things anyway that have come up in the press like that come out um very in a very timely fashion on the same day that the latest figures are reported our our latest covid figures reported there's also then usually like fairly um uh juicy gossip worthy sort of stories also released on the same day uh, or something that was uh, an attention grabbing headline is released on the same day like and I think it's fairly clear that the Tory government are doing this intentionally to try and minimise the effects of the bad news of the figures and to try and bury that story um, and from what I can tell I'm no fan of conspiracy theories at all but I also think the state does um, use every tool it has against us to, to maintain power um, and I think it's fairly clear that like the UK has been brutally dishonest um, in um, in its in its figures, like the Financial Times, like estimated figures of deaths in this country was like way higher than the, um, than the state's figures. Um, so it's quite interesting, seeing in the news, like hearing about corruption in like China, for example. Over when we live in a country that is like is like skewed the figures like a crazy amount, um, and is being incredibly dishonest about how badly they are managing it and how many people are suffering and dying, um. So yeah, that would be like the first thing to say. I, I think a lot of people don't realize that that's happening and don't realize actually how bad England is compared to the rest of Europe, um, which is frustrating. Um, uh, it's it's annoying that people don't realize the extent of how like criminal this, this government is. Um, I do also think that they are like very quickly losing popularity and people are realizing that we have been sort of sold out on this. Um, but yes yeah, so it's kind of a kind of confusing time I guess I, I guess it's kind of confusing everywhere and it must be the same for you guys um, but yeah I guess it's hard to know what to do it's hard to know how bad it is um, and it's hard to know what the future is um, music wise I uh, we're not full-time in this band we're not like this isn't like our sole income we all work as well um, so we we've like We've all been, we've all kind of been okay through it because of our jobs. We managed to like keep working or like like we've we've been okay financially through this. Um, yeah, it's been hard to stay active doing doing music. We've played music together to, once once uh, during this lockdown. It's hard to like make any we can't really. There's no point booking tours. It's it's kind of tough, like it, because obviously like, being in this band, it becomes a huge part of your life and then a huge part of your identity, and then like that is kind of taken away um, and all playing music for me is a massive coping strategy for living in this really fucked up world. And having that taken away is like, is definitely hard. And I've definitely felt that emotionally. Um, and I think well, that's true for musicians, I think it's probably true for a lot of things. Like a lot of people have had their coping mechanisms just stripped from them. Be that going to pubs, playing sport, playing music, just seeing their friends in general. Um, we've all lost like all the ways that we used to fucking cope with this world. Um, and I guess, but I guess, yeah, music is, is a part of that as well. Um, yeah. And I've absolutely no idea what the future for touring musicians is at all. I have no idea. Um, I'm hoping that shows come back and touring comes back, um, as soon as it's safe. But yeah, I have absolutely no idea when that's going to be. And like everybody, like living without uncertainty, um, uncertainty hanging over a huge part of your life is definitely pretty tough, I guess. Um, so yeah, like everything under COVID, music is kind of shitty at the moment. Uh, has
0: there been any like discussion that you've heard with like you know like other musicians or bands that have been thinking of like how do we? What are we going to like? How, like, how as a scene, are we going to be able to find a way to function with this? Because, like, like you've seen some things, like theater companies that have been releasing old like footage of like yeah, yeah. performances. Like yeah. the National's been doing that. But um,
1: yeah, the National they, Theater Live things have been amazing. Like, I've really enjoyed this. Um, I, I don't know. I've not really been. I've not really tried to join in in any, any discussions about that because. I've watched a few like live things like um, here and there, but like, and that's just kind of cool. And it's kind of entertaining, but for me like playing music is about being with other people and interacting with other people, like interacting with the people that are watching the show, with the people that are playing the music, interacting with people at the merch desk, like, like chatting to the people who organize the shows. Like for me, like music is just about sharing things face to face with other people um or a huge part of music is, is that um and like, like i have fair fairly little interest in doing shows that aren't like that aren't that um I, it's hard to, it would be hard to get excited about you know people are talking about drive-in shows or like you know like it be kind of hard to be excited about those things um because for me it's all about like human interaction and being around other people and sharing experiences with people. So honestly, it's kind of a discussion I've just stayed away from because it kind of bleaks me out. And also, I just don't really have that much interest in it, honestly. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, part of like our whole shtick of not playing the stuff we do straight is because if you actually talk about like, you know, (laughs) some of the stuff In a like completely like, let's be serious for a minute here. Then you're gonna be crying before the segment's over. Uh, (laughs)
1: Yeah,
2: (laughs) Yeah. or you start screaming and you never stop.
1: Yeah, (laughs) maybe probably possibly both. I think both is possible as well.
2: Oh, definitely, definitely. (laughs) Both is good. I mean, it's very much everything's uncertain, and I don't blame you. Frankly, I've heard a lot of the same things from like um, from some podcasters who like who normally do like live shows to pay their bills, and um, they're like, "No, we're we're not doing anything right now because it's too dangerous." Yeah. It's just... And we don't really want to compromise um, our show just to, like, have it at all. Because um, nobody wants that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because, like, live live music, let's be honest, live music sounds kind of bad. Like, the, mu- the record sounds better. If you want to listen to the songs, like, just listen to the songs. For me, I would just listen to the record. You're know, like, live music is about human interaction I think isn't it and um yeah that's the way I understand it I I
0: I can't I I can think of like you know the last four times I went to a show and actually the last one was yours in Edinburgh (laughs) where I uh like during the course of the show just basically like just tripped out on the whole like the vibe of everything there yeah, and sick. I really have a hard time thinking of when, like, you know, I've had a similar experience just listening to recorded music because it's just there. There just is that that human element that makes it just like almost like takes it to the next level.
1: Yeah, oh, that's a really cool thing to say. Thanks for saying that. But yeah, I I, I agree. I I think I, I have had those experiences as well. Uh, I fully understand.
2: And yeah, it's. Uh,
1: yeah,
2: I mean, it's. I don't blame you. It's very how you uh, how the fuck do you deal a show when there's no connection?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I, I guess we're just not thinking about it too much, and we're just like, we're trying to. <laughs> like, chat to each other as a band a lot and keep, you know, just keep that 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 relationship healthy and, and active, and, like, we're kind of trying to be active on social media and online and, like, we're selling, you know, still sell, sell merch and stuff um, we're, we're trying to, we're start sort of writing a new record as well um, I guess, like everybody, you're kind of just, like, keeping your head down and kind of hoping this just ends soon ish, or, like, there's some control is brought to this whole situation Sometime soon, um, but yeah, who knows? Doc.
2: Um, yeah, I'm sorry. This is... Yeah,
0: <laughs> keeping an eye on time and things, and going, oh, we still have more time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um so like, just to like throw out there, let's say that you know like like things actually you know like get back under control in a reasonable fashion in the sense of people are no longer having to worry about dying from COVID. like what what do you think is the first thing might come of that like both like i mean for uh you guys as well as just sort of from what you're seeing and hearing of what what do you think might happen for when people can actually go back out again
1: um Jesus Christ, that's a big question. Uh, um, I my worry is that it will just be back to business as usual. Uh, um, my, and my yeah, that be my worry would be that it will just like as much as possible. It will just be sort of capitalism will just be business as usual, and we will be straight back into it um, as as we were before. But I, I the more optimistic or like maybe delusional side of me kind of thinks like I hope that some positive lessons are learned in our personal lives maybe like I well we've had to rely on social media and digital platforms a lot to communicate through it throughout this this it I know I feel like I definitely have and I I think that other people I've spoken to have have really um understood the importance of actual face-to-face interaction and spending time in a room with someone um and that being so much better than chatting to someone in a chat room or via text or, or whatever Um, so yeah, I I it's really reminded me of the importance of like face to face um interaction, like physical contact with your friends, like hugging your friends and um and uh and stuff. I really I really hope that we that people maybe we are all reminded of how important that is. Um, I think like uh the digital world is like can be very very isolating. I think um and I think capitalism has used the internet uh and online platforms that to actually leave us is incredibly isolated um uh and i think that's that that's been a really negative thing in a lot of ways while there's some positives to social media i think that is one of the big the big negatives that it's incredibly isolating um and it would be cool to see maybe some lessons about that learnt from this and that maybe we really need to look at like how do we spend more time together physically like can we open social centers uh, and you know, can we do more community based um, activities and actions um, like a def- definitely on my, st- I've chatted to my neighbours more in the last few months than I have in all the years I've lived here um, uh, and people have tried to find ways to spend time together like safely, like on the street like outside or whatever or, or even just chatting from their own doorsteps um, and I, yeah, I, I really hope I really hope a lot of lessons are learnt from this um uh I guess yeah that we don't spend enough time together and we are all forced to work too much um so yeah it'd be cool cool to see some positive things come from this as well as the negatives also, I guess it be like surely a lesson we will learn from this is that capitalism is gonna fucking kill us all, and like it'll be either the heating of the earth or like similar. Disastrous situations like this that capitalism um, not only fails to deal with but also exacerbates. Um, And, like, surely we can stop trusting fucking governments. Like, surely we can stop fucking voting for politicians because they have made it very, very clear, like, across the world, that they do not value our lives. Like, we are literally just human resources. Um, Like, I really, really hope that is a lesson that we can... Really, take that we can take from this, and try and avoid similar disaster situations in the future.
0: And, and I can't think of anything better to hope for from what we're from coming out of this whole mess, and, and yeah, you know, hoping that we don't lose too many people along the way.
1: Yeah, but, yeah.
0: Um. For one last one, and this is kind of probably may feel a bit out of right field, but um, it, we, we do kind of like to indulge in a little bit of, you know, wild speculation a bit uh, on Chop Shop. Nice. Um, and, and one we've been wondering about with the, like, Boris's response so far is, because, like, we get kind of a vibe from the American response that there's, like, a substantial total stupidity. Um, but feel it feels like there's something like more sinister at work like going on in number 10 like do you think that they're just doing the usual like politicians are covering their ass thing or that there might be something more to
1: them um it's really hard to know isn't it like like obviously like I do think Boris Johnson and Donald Trump have a lot of similarities. Like, obviously, they're, like, populist politi- like populist right-wing politicians that also, like, have been very good at, like... I think Trump is actually better at it, but um, very good at PR and having this sort of, like, um, affable, um, like, oddball, like, persona, which I think is just, like, is very, very useful, like, in yeah, in, in their PR management. Um I think Boris Johnson has a very practiced routine of this sort of like buffoon and like it's all a little bit like silly and wacky and eccentric but I I think actually he's like every bit like the cutthroat piece of shit millionaire politician. Um uh so I guess like I don't know there's de- there's a level of dishonesty there already I think. Um I also like but I think that like the whole Brexit fiasco before that um, was like a mess that nobody predicted and nobody really wanted um, like politically I think and there was never any real plan for it and from what I can tell I think maybe he just amassed uh, he put together a cabinet of like right wing um, politicians that would like be able to form a team that would get Brexit sorted out in a way that would appease the right wing section of the British public Um that would be, that's the only thing I can think that he just put together, a bre- like a Brexit cabinet um, that was then absolutely not prepared or like able to deal with a situation like this. Combined with a massive running down of our public resources, so um, there wasn't there wasn't sufficient PPE in place, with, um, like in preparation for a disaster when they, when there should have been. Uh, They've been massively um, cutting and underfunding our national health service for like. For like decades now um and privatizing sections of it which make the whole thing like work less smoothly um so i, I yeah i i think it's a combination of like um a fairly inefficient right wing government um capitalism just wanting to plow on ahead anyway um and yeah a running down of a running down of like necessary services. It feels like capitalism has just been running, like just ticking over day to day. And it, and it is just constantly like we just get through to the next day um, as long as nothing bad happens. And this is the thing that is bad that has happened. I think that has sort of thrown us into chaos. Um, I, I, I think a lot of it is really just probably one of is to get us back to work and get earning money and to protect their economy. Um, but yeah, fuck knows. It's so hard to, it's so hard to know exactly what is going on in that government um yeah i do, probably don't have any real any more information than anyone in the u.s would have um but yeah that would be my guess
2: <laughs>
0: um at least hopefully like you're saying you know capitalism is trying to take over day to day maybe it's finally screwed up in a way that it can't do that anymore
1: yeah yeah and ho- hopefully people yeah we'll will see that this isn't a system that works in any sort of meaningful way like um not only are we exhausting the resources on this planet and going to make this planet a place where humans struggle to live we are we are making it a place that where humans struggle to live now today you know, like 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 we aren't allowed to go outside anymore <laughs> because the disease is so bad like like i i would struggle to believe that like you could defend capitalism after this i like i don't i don't know if i can think of a system that realistically would be any worse than this um, than than what we have now, like, I, I, like, I wonder if the history of, I wonder if the history of England and the U S would look that much different if it had been fascist or if it had just been like, like capitalist, um, just looking at like the histories of those two empires, um, surely we have to learn from this, that like this shit does not work and it's just going to make this planet even more inhospitable and ruin all of our lives um yeah sorry let's go a, a downer <laughs> <laughs> i guess we're, we're obviously that's, all uh, thinking this.
2: Dude on yeah, this yeah. Show.
1: yeah 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 i must do um, this before
0: well let's say let's say you know capitalism does manage to finally like stupid itself out of existence which seems possible at least like probable even hmm. um what would be the name of the first album that comes after that? <laughs>
1: uh uh oh my god. Uh we wouldn't need to make any more music 'cause the revolution anymore don't worry the revolution will be here and we'd just make happy songs and like cool, fun folk music or something. I dunno. Uh I've no idea what oh my god. Uh I'm struggling to write songs that about like things that are happening to me today. Never mind, and like the possible start writing song titles for the possible actual revolution. But uh I don't know. (laughs) I can't even think. Just it'd be hard to know. Maybe it could stop writing miserable music and just play happy music on that day.
0: Uh, And hopefully, we all will. Yeah. Hopefully, that will come. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Do you have any last things you want to say to our listeners? Oh god,
1: people say this, and I don't know. Um. Uh, uh. Give money away if you're able to. Give money to panhandlers as much as you can. Give money to fundraisers as much as you can. Uh, read the theory, like read anarchist theory. I think. Um, uh, and like let's let's learn about new and different um, ways to look at the world and new and different ways to run our lives and to organize our lives. Um, I'm like a big fan of, like community organizing at the moment um uh, an author called d hunter wrote a book called chav solidarity uh it's really big in the uk at the moment um and he talks about in, in that book about the, the importance of actually just organizing in your community um and while big demonstrations have their place uh, and big protests have their place actually just organizing with the, the individuals around you can be like an incredibly effective and powerful thing to do so i'm i'm really into willing to ideas like that, like, community organising, community self-defence. Yeah, let's, like, let's look look out for each other. Um, And fuck the rich, fuck the government. Let's stop voting for fucking governments. They'll be my final words. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh, Something that would gladly stand on this podcast.
1: Fuck yes, sick.
2: <laughs> Voting doesn't work. We've tried that.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. Like so many times. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I, I
0: mean we're getting the like I mean at least the last British election there was like something resembling a choice instead of like the US election that's like which senile racist rapist would you like in the
1: White House. Yeah. I, I, well yeah, I feel like your choice is like more like tragically, like ridiculous. But like I had no I have no faith in the Labour Party ever man. Fuck Jeremy Corbyn. Fuck them all. I, like like they'll all yeah. sell out. Uh, but yeah, like your like the choice you have in the States is almost like if it wasn't so bad it'd be like funny. Like 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 if you can convince yourself that one side of this same shit coin is better than the other then man not doing, I don't know what to say to you but yeah we should have faith in each other and we should work together and make this better build the world we want to see I feel like I should say positive things rather than just like all the bleak stuff
0: yeah yeah absolutely and we've we're seeing people are doing that already and the- Hopefully we keep seeing more of it.
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah. I think it has been some like like it's easy to focus on the lot the 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 defeats and the losses and some of the really awful ugly things that are happening around us. But yeah, there's been some like really inspiring stuff I think happened recently. I think like I'm seeing people around me talk about talk about like seeing like it's a shame abolish the police became defund the police. But like seeing like ordinary people that I know that don't talk about politics at all in their lives, like talk about actually possibly getting rid of a police force is like, and that is, I feel like that idea has gone from zero to like whatever on now, like in like a few months, you know, like maybe like a few months ago, like most people wouldn't think that it would be possible to abolish a police force. Um, and wouldn't think that we could exist in a world without the police. Um, and like maybe we won't win this fight but that's like that's a huge like a huge step forward i think um yeah i i think i think the autonomous zones like a really cool thing i think the pulling down the statues and that like encouraging like just people that haven't thought about this before that property destruction and like taking control of your environment in a very physical way is like totally like justified and cool is like yeah like i, I think a huge development um I also think seeing like some of the the protest developments, the the protest tactics, move across the world. Yeah, I think things from Hong Kong, then pop popping up in like Chile and the U.S. Um, and seeing those like seeing those those different tactics like move across the world via social media is also like a really, like cool and inspiring thing. I think. Um. So yeah, I think there's a lot of positives to take up from what's going around us as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, things feel possible again, you know. Yeah, and that's amazing.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I am mean, so, I'm so used to like perpetual defeat that like this is amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I yeah like yeah I I yeah. There's a lot of positives going on and yeah i I still believe we like this is worth fighting for, and we can achieve like so so much if we work together and I think we're seeing that happening already as well, so yeah or at least that's what I tell myself that's what I have to keep believing
2: yeah
0: yeah it's what's keeping our lights on every day yeah see? yeah it's been amazing having you on Simon right so, yeah um, I
1: mean, nice to chat to you
0: and so this has been uh, simon from dawn raid and we are going to let them play us out it's a hot track from their latest album behold plain songs edition enjoy